0: All right, Welcome back to Problem Solver Politics. I am your host Cardinellis with Cody the Oracle. Hey everybody. And today we got some big topics to talk about. The debate is tonight. All right. And oh man, oh man. There's going to be some serious incoming on Bernie Sanders and this is a lot of people's last stand. Custer had his last stand, which was ultimately doomed. So who's going to be the modern Custer, right? You know. Well, hopefully it goes is it going to be part. Joe Biden? Is it going to be Tom Steyer? You know, this is this is literally Uh, A modern Gallipoli For some of these candidates okay. And uh, also on top of that um, We got a pretty interesting story About some of these Amazon stores popping up Not quite sure if it looks like the beginning Of a post-apocalyptic movie Or an ushering in of a futuristic way Of doing commerce Uh, We're going to find out Cody, tell us what's
1: going on my man Okay cool, so we'll start off going over Like you brought up, the debate is indeed tonight And I think someone, we were doing our stream last night And someone asked us kind of who do we expect to go like and what to expect and uh well we'll, i'll flash over here but basically this is the last debate obviously before they vote in south carolina but also south carolina is the end of the kind of early state process of the primary which is the i don't want to say cheaper and easier but you're running in four states for about eight months you're about to have to campaign in 13 states in a week or two if you're going to want to win Super Tuesday. So this was that kind of last moment. And we're seeing Bernie Sanders, of course, emerge as a frontrunner, especially after his... You know, good win in Nevada. I still think, I still wonder how strong he actually performed relative to how he's done in the past there. But still, that being said, he won in Nevada. Good for him. We're now seeing, it seems like the playbook's coming out. I'll go through and pull some quotes from this Fox News article. That's why I pulled it up there. Some interesting things being said by campaign aides from a rival campaign, so to speak, about Bernie Sanders. But it does seem that is the strategy. It's going to be, everyone's going to come out swinging at Bernie Sanders because he is... He is the front-runner. You obviously, like, like, I don't think there's anything, I don't yeah. think Elizabeth Warren gets anything from slamming Amy Klobuchar in this debate like she yeah. did in the last one. Like, hey, Amy Klobuchar's yeah. on her way out, so have fun. Uh, but check this out. So, uh, they come down here and they say, in a blistering attack, an aide from one rival campaign told Fox News on Tuesday that Sanders, quote, will have more to answer for than his love for murderous communist regimes or his broken promise to release his health records. The aide added he's also the only candidate who wrote an essay joking about, and let's just say, sexual assault of some kind. So it's not good stuff, and they go on to mention what he's talking about here. Uh, However, I do want to get—we were kind of speculating before about which campaign aide. I I was saying technically, due to the wording, it could be the Trump campaign, but I— That is like the kind of Weasley journalist stuff, but they kind of spoil it later in the article. They say this. Bloomberg is preparing a massive media campaign against Sanders, which will include opposition research, surrogates, and advertisements across multiple platforms. And I wonder wonder if it also includes having your campaign aides release comments to... uh, publications like fox news to write in articles like this so it seems bloomberg more or less is probably behind this which hey by the way that's more evidence i have against for bloomberg than bloomberg had accusing bernie sanders of attacking his uh, or sanders campaigners attacking his offices which i still think he did as well so Anyway, I guess I, I think Bloomberg's behind everything, though. So that's the only problem. <laughs> he he spent so much money. It's like he might as well be. Wow. He, he could have if he wanted to well, anyway. The only thing,
0: though, is that a lot of these things that are a little bit dicey, I actually really doubt are Bloomberg, because why would you engage in the underhanded uh, way of handling something when you got so much money, you could just buy your way through the problem? You know what I'm saying? It's like Walmart's not. I mean, uh, Bloomberg's not the guy that's going to be, you know, uh, buying a shirt from Walmart, and, and for a job interview, and then returning it the next day because he only needed it for one day and he didn't have a lot of money when he could just go out and buy a nice, you know, uh, custom tailored shirt. So I don't know. I don't know if I think it necessarily would have been. That just this, seems like a Bernie but the, bro move, no, man. But they,
1: they were saying, "Oh, for that for the field offices." Yeah, yeah. Oh no, that like I said, who? Well, knows?
0: no field offices, but also a lot of this commentary. I just kind of think I've been I'm impressed saying, with Bloomberg's people so far. But I'm
1: just saying, if Michael Bloomberg has a massive media assault against Bernie Sanders, like why would it not include calling Fox News and saying, "Oh, this guy's the worst. We're gonna expose him." But anyway, moving on because that's what I think Bloomberg is gonna do. Meanwhile, we have uh, Joe Biden who. Obviously, South Carolina is the last stand for Joe Biden. If he underperforms in what he's been building as a stronghold, it's bad. Uh, He recently spent, they mentioned here, $600,000 in a digital ad buy in South Carolina, which by most instances would be pretty cool Um, when Michael Bloomberg's in the race, it kind of tilts things a little bit, but interesting. Yeah. His line of attack against um, Bernie Sanders, he's going to be bringing up, alleging that Bernie Sanders wanted to primary Barack Obama in 2012. That's a new one. I hadn't heard that one before. The Bernie campaign denies it, but I mean, I I would have to go back and try to rack that in 2012 if Bernie was floating, and I who knows? It just That is definitely a new, it's a new strategy, isn't it? To say that he was trying to, like, I, no one brought that up that Hillary tried to do that, or like, Oh, a little bit. But you know what I mean? I don't think that was anyone's can camp- like I don't think Bernie's campaign strategy was Hillary Clinton tried to primary Barack Obama, but she did, right?
0: Yeah, and by the way, that would just be that would just be a really weak argument. I hope they make it though. Because uh, my entire adult life of living history, anything I've done, a conservatives done, a Republicans done, has been called racist. So I just love it when it happens to somebody on the left. You know what I'm saying? Seeing how they'll field that argument that you tried to primary the first African-American president. You know what I'm saying? That, that, that kind of BS. It's like, wow, I, I just I love it when people have to taste their own medicine. So there's part of me that just, you know, likes uh, would like to see it. But um, the only reason I think uh, I'd be against it is because I just view that as a waste of time. I think that's now just falling on deaf ears. These, uh, you know, racist well, exactly, arguments. but I mean,
1: like, but again, I don't think it's necessarily. I think he mentions it as like, but just the idea that we had a very popular Democratic president and Bernie Thand- Sanders thought he should be president instead—that's a pretty effective line of attack, I would say. That di- now here's the thing: Bernie Sanders, yeah, as only far if as you're I an know, identity th-
0: politics shill.
1: Not, it's nothing to do with identity. It's we had a good president, but Bernie Sanders was selfish and thought he should have been president. That has nothing to do with anything like that. Now, again, I don't think there's any proof to what he was saying, but. I think that's actually a very interesting way of looking at it, that, hey, this guy thought that he deserved to be president instead of Obama. We, we already had a president. He was a fine one. That was the argument he's making, and I kind of think that's a decent one. Yeah, Again, sure. it's a better argument against Hillary Clinton. And it's Br- better than just taking incoming. Yeah, of course. But anyway, then we have Pete Buttigieg, who is going to definitely, it looks like, hammer Bernie Sanders on his ca- recent Castro comments, which he hasn't backed away from. And then one of the weird things, too, I'm seeing with this, is a lot of this people are turning into like this greater commentary about like Cuba and modern Cuba like Bernie Sanders was, was speaking like specifically about Castro like 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 people could like oh well Cuba they do better stuff now it's like yeah but like the, and we're seeing it here we just bringing up it's not the fact that you know bernie's endorsed like some nebulous idea of cuban communism it's like well no he was speaking specifically about the individual fidel castro who did do things so i think that's something we're going to hear brought up more again is i hope it's it, it's it's kept to that because some weird nebulous argument like bernie sanders endorsed everything com- communist ever done in cuba he's a like, cuban communist that's weird but bernie sanders didn't strongly condemn an individual who killed people that's you know Again, that feels more like a kind of fair argument, right? That it's like, well, Bernie, throw out the whole are they really communists or all that stuff, it's like Fidel Castro was a bad dude who did awful things. Like, it's not kind of fair to say, well, he had a literacy program. It's like, well, I guess, but, you know, a lot of people done a lot of things. It's not necessarily a cover. Now, here's what I want to hear more about, and they have less on it. I want to hear what Amy's going to bring up. I think Amy Klobuchar is bringing up the idea of this is it. They're going to go out swinging. This is Tom Steyer missed the last debate and he knows he has to uh, I'll see if I'll show you the polls in a second but Tom Steyer needs to win maybe not outright but he has to be 20% plus competing to win South Carolina to justify staying in the race one of the weird things about him being a billionaire He has the option of just saying to hell with it. I'm going 500 million in the red and pushing through. Like Bernie Sanders, he's raising money. He can keep it. Like Elizabeth Warren, can't just kind of say whatever. To hell with it. I'm 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 going to my piggy bank, getting over 200 million. Yeah, exactly. Styro being a billionaire, he can. So he does really want to perform well here. But it's still a little bit of a hail mary for both him and then Amy Klobuchar not doing well. The other thing is
0: there's so many. uh, This is a great comment right here that says you've got candidates, you've got super PACs all piling on to stop Bernie Sanders. We haven't even really seen the super PACs go nuts yet. Well, I mean, I mean I th- once they yeah. get involved,
1: but I think part of them, too, is cons- like Bloomberg also represents a lot because like what used to be super PAC money is just Bloomberg's personal money now. Right. Too, So that kind of adds. Yeah.
0: To I mean, th- that's true, too. But I mean, Bloomberg, he's probably the biggest g- uh, game in town when it comes to that kind of money. But he's not the only game in town.
1: He is so, calling people and telling them, though, just to just say, like, hey, don't donate to anyone.
0: Yeah, just sit it out this time.
1: Yeah, because I have the money. It's I
0: got this. I got this handled. Just sit it out. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's true. Uh, that's one of the commentaries that Andrew Yang offered on his very, very first day that kind of took that whole panel by surprise. Like, oh, wait, this is real insider information. We're used to just bloviating our BS yeah, and calling it real. But wait, say. what? You know something we didn't know? You know.
1: <laughs> sources familiar have told us. So yeah, great.
0: exactly. So, um, dude, yeah. I got to tell you, I think this is going to be a massive thinning of the herd.
1: Oh, Of course, South Carolina, big time. Everyone's yeah. all in on it. And again, not only is it, not only is everyone all in, it's become to the point. And again, here's, I'll show you guys the scene. Well, who do you think's going. toast? Um, I think, I honestly want to see that. I, 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 you know, it's kind of the, the it's kind of the cop out. Like, well, you know, you're going to have to see, hey, they anything going to happen between the lines? But I do feel like it's going to depend on what happens in the debate. I think Elizabeth Warren, she raised couple million dollars, I don't want to say an exact number, I don't know, but a couple but million do really dollars think- off the back of her last debate performance. I think people who are toast or people who have bad debate performances don't raise money and perform bad in South Carolina. Who I think that could be. Pete Buttigieg. Uh, I think Pete Buttigieg is weird, but Pete Buttigieg definitely could be on the ropes. Uh, he was very late when it came to doing Super Tuesday ad buys. He came in very late with the Super Tuesday ad buys. Does that mean anything? Is it just a infrastructural, it took him longer to get to it than other people? I feel like, I hope not because every day counts when you're running for president, but he was late to the party, so maybe they just got some internal data that will do it okay in South Carolina. The only problem is it's South Carolina feels like a state he's going to underperform in because Tom Steyer, like, legitimately could be second place or even as an outside shot. Like, show me the Vegas odds. I'm going to put money on Steyer winning South Carolina. He's done good enough. He's receded a bit lately, but on the back of a strong enough debate, he's performed well enough in polls out there where I think he really could do something. Because I forgot who it was. Someone on CNN kind of joked, and it is true, but Tom Steyer's basically been running to be president of South Carolina for the last (laughs) six months. Like, he, he has been on the streets. And, but it's working he's getting to people he's reaching people people no, no I get it he's, he's doing legitimately good. gaining a following there so it's it's a big one so I think he has more reason to hang in than others but I definitely well, so here's think my think question Amy for you. is on the ropes sorry I just want to answer Amy's on the ropes uh and Warren is on the ropes as well as Buttigieg. It's like all three of them South Carolina plus this debate mean everything to their campaign and then Biden as well I mean a I lot think of it's
0: pretty funny that you said on the ropes as a WWE fan I see that your reference is
1: being caught up and backed up against the ropes. Well, I think we're boxing and that's My
0: my historical erudite person said this is their last stand, referencing Custard's last stand, right? So, I just think, you know, a little bit was illustrated there. You know, we uh we uh drew distinction
1: well, as all a, of
0: the uh candidates say. But
1: there's a difference between the two as well because when you, you 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 can be on the ropes temporarily. It's hard to be temporarily making your last stand. Yeah. Your, your final stand tends to be the end, where you know, like in a boxing match, you could be on the ropes for like a round or so, but then you can find yourself back up. Okay, back so at point.
0: so you think those guys are going to be quote. On the road Here's the
1: thing What we mean by that is If Pete Buttigieg Somehow blows people away The debate Raises a bunch of money Performs like Not that great But gets like Third Dude South look Carolina, at all the microphones On his tie and, Holy and crap himself, <laughs> I know It's like It's like when you see Like the Again to use a sports reference The guys in the locker room like 40 iPhones Being held in front of his face I if we've got to the point now Where there's like 30 like lav mics Just yeah. on your tie It's like Hope you, tie, uh, hope you tied it well, dude. We're weighing it down with a, you know. Yeah, that,
0: that's like, some gnarly stuff. But, so, but, look, here's my question.
1: Again, though, you notice they said to keep focused. Everyone's going to be attacking Sanders. If all, Sorry, going long. But if Buttigieg comes out, has a barn burner against Sanders, performs a little better in South Carolina, all of a sudden he has a plan for Super Tuesday, right? If the inverse happens and he fumbles on his face, raises no money, and then gets, like, fifth place blown out in South Carolina, he's done. Like, that is the kind yeah. of line these campaigns are walking on.
0: Okay. So we all know, and and, and now you said, this is what I think will happen, but you qualified it saying, we won't know until the debates are over. I want to see the data. I can't really think of a debate performance that made somebody's career, but I can think of debate performances that ended somebody's career. There was the famous time, there was the famous um, moment between Reagan and Walter Mondale in which he made the age joke that was pretty much just the end of Walter Mondale. There's the famous, uh, there's famously poor performances that have kind of really just made it so that somebody can't be considered, you know, a a candidate to be taken seriously in the future. But if you're going to say that a lot of the performance in South Carolina is dependent upon these debates, I don't know. I can't think of a debate that really put somebody over. To use uh, the the wrestling terminology. No,
1: what what I meant to say, sorry, is uh, the, the debate, I think, is really important for mainly fundraising. Like, like, for example, I want to show you okay. this. Okay, and then it's you,
0: and then you think it's, it's the results of the fundraising and the ad the buys core. that are going to make them go yeah. up. Okay, because
1: here we go. I mean, Elizabeth Warren, who was I don't want to say having fundraising issues, she's raising okay for this campaign. Not a front runner, but like okay. She raked in five million dollars on the back of that really strong Vegas debate, and I think money is right now the the, the it's. But how, it, how it's pathetic is that? Like one issue that for is
0: literally one second's worth of pay. For Bloomberg or one minutes well, worth of pay, he
1: skews it big time. He does. He makes it really, like like really five hard
0: million there. is nothing for him. He gave five million to Katie Hill the week before the election it was like four point three or something
1: absurd like that. Everyone got about four million dollar package from Bloomberg. Yeah, he just yeah. he just kind of dropped four million on various campaigns all throughout the country. though. Yeah, there was about
0: twenty but Democrats that he an, just gave four yeah. or five million to. One of them got six in California. So like I'm looking at that and I'm thinking, wow. So Warren in a function of weeks. No, that was a couple of days. Or sorry, no, yeah, you're right. In a in a in a function of a couple of days, is is stoked about raising five million. While Bloomberg literally can do that in a couple of minutes. Bloomberg can pay. Is that 7 even a competition?
1: Dollars, <laughs> well, it, it's tough, but you just it, you kind of it's one of those things. Like you can't even you're everyone's so far behind in money to Bloomberg they can't even really gauge their money to his. It's just having enough for yourself. So again, I think that's why I think tonight's debate could have some impact. Is Trying to get a short-term boost of money, and then also that kind of, it, it just helps you because it's not like the money then gets put. They don't put this money in the bank. You know what I mean? It's yeah. in ads. Maybe they maybe they open up field offices. It's it, it helps you to continue to campaign, and it could help you like a Buttigieg, for example. It could help him hit a not great South Carolina performance, but have that money to keep rolling to Super Tuesday. Because think about it, if you're basically out of money. And then you get wrecked in South Carolina. Who's going to give you money to run more? It's like your campaign's over at that point. So these campaigns need to get some cash on hand or, you know, at least have some money in hand from the debate. So I think that's that's where I see the most significance in this. But, um, well, I guess if, if for if you want to, we can get into really quickly for a second here as well. The idea that. How do I put this? We were talking about it before, but. The money really is so out of proportion, I don't know what to do for these campaigns, as you brought up. So yeah. I want to show something, and uh, they, they they have it as fundraisers, but they include self-funding as a form of fundraising.
0: Yeah. Well, it is. I mean...
1: It is, but I just mean when you look at it, like Michael Bloomberg, and by the way, self-funding is basically how much money is pumped into his campaign. So I guess a better way of going and looking at it, it's more, it makes more sense and it's more jarring for me. And when you look at spenders and cash on hand, now bloomberg it says he has 55 million this is actually kind of old info too it's the last reporting going back to january of 2020 yeah yeah because we were
0: operating so, in quarters yeah. yeah so
1: we're about a few months back but or not a few months a few weeks back but one thing that i'll jump out to it's crazy to me one bloomberg actually has 55 or 55 billion cash on hand not 55 yeah. million he has all the money in the world but two michael bloomberg has been in this race for three months and this isn't counting what he spent all February, and it was $409 four hundred nine million dollars. Four hundred nine. Bernie Sanders have been has been running in earnest for a, probably close to a year at this point, as far as you know, not full spending money, but spending money, and it's a quarter of what he spent. It's, By the
0: way, just to put that in proportion, guys, the um that four hundred nine million dollars that Bloomberg has spent is plus. more. <laughs> yeah, it, it's every day it goes up higher. So this is already old data. The most expensive campaign in American history up until then, at least financially successful in terms of fundraising, was Barack Obama's re-election campaign that topped out at $338.5 million. So the single largest entire presidential campaign of American history was Barack Obama's very successful re-election campaign in which he was able to raise money hand over fist. Okay. Michael Bloomberg, in just his own personal money, has single-handedly already surpassed that. And we haven't reached the general election yet. We haven't even finished the primaries. At this rate, Cody, he's on track to do what? A billion?
1: Oh, yeah. Well, not only that. Not a
0: billion-dollar election? Not even on track.
1: What's interesting for...
0: What's if he keeps spending money at this rate, I, I mean, he'll be at like $1.2 billion. Yeah, 1.3 billion well, by the time the election's over.
1: As we, we kind of brought up earlier, this idea that if Tom Steyer, for example, doesn't perform great fundraising wise, he has the money, like Michael Bloomberg can get hammered in the polls, be bad and just say, you know what? I'm going to reach in my back pocket and grab $355 million and spend it this weekend. Like no other candidate has just, like I said, they show cash on hand right here. I'll see if I can make it bigger. It's a little bit hard to see, but this is the uh, Canada's cash on hand. So this was old, old data from a month ago, but still an idea of how much money these candidates realistically can actually work with. And a lot of this is gone because they've been doing multiple primaries. But I do believe the thing that remains is the kind of distribution. Yes, yeah. the most is in Steyer-Sanders' hands. And the drop-off is crazy. Like, it's... As we are saying before in the debate why you need to perform well and make money, how do you campaign in more than three times the amount of states you've campaigned all year in in the next week and a half going into... the next seven days to Super Tuesday? Yeah. Obviously, you've tried to make stops there before then, but still, in earnest, okay, it's the next vote. What are you going to do? TV buying, it's the last few days. And, like who's going to have money for it? No one's going to be able to afford it. And Bloomberg is going to be able to, not only amongst other things, when you go to campaign in these 13 states and you want open field offices or whatever, or just temporary pay canvassers, temporary anything, well, Bloomberg is also paying people in those states. He has been for months, and he pays five times what you pay. So even when you do have the money to spend, there's no one to give it to. People are like, well, Bloomberg's paying me more. I'm not working yeah. for you. And it's only it's really been a headache all across the board. It's, It's going to be... A funny way, like, what happens when a campaign has no organic support, but they have all the money and they can use yeah. it and leverage it correctly, right? Like, what does that look like?
0: Well, we know exactly what it looks like because we're living it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We, we know exactly what it looks like. Um, and 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 actually, we kind of don't. I don't think, like, we'll never know for a long time who actually did the vandalism of the Mike Bloomberg offices. So we don't know if it looks like somebody pulling a bunch of Jesse Smollett's trying to like, you know, get that cool street cred of being an intersectional victim, you know what I'm saying, cuz that's how you get in with the Dems now. Uh I don't I don't I, we don't know. I don't I don't think we'll completely be able to wrap our head around how Michael Bloomberg is changing has changed or maybe just flash in the pan didn't change the political scene. I don't think we'll understand the ramifications of the Michael Bloomberg campaign for another two or three election cycles to come, because he either is changing it into a billionaire's game, because now all these operatives think, oh, dude, I ain't working for less for 200k uh, uh, per year now when the going rate used to be 125. Oh, and by the way, I'll totally grift for somebody if they got billions. I mean, there's a lot of billionaires in America that saw Donald Trump as I mean there's a lot of celebrities that saw Donald Trump as a precedent and then a lot of wealthy people that saw Donald Trump as a precedent and Donald Trump's success in winning the election is really what made it so Bloomberg thought that he could run I guarantee you well how about the and, and so how many other billionaires think they could jump in like you can't name you can't name more than maybe three billionaires in American society these oh. people are kind of stealth wealth name
1: name name billionaires well, okay. Here, here, here's the thing. You ready? Okay. Though? Vince McMahon, Stan Kroenke. He's Cronky. not a billionaire. Yeah, he is.
0: Vince McMahon's not a billionaire.
1: Yeah, he is. Stan Kroenke is like worth a one, two billion. Uh, Tom Steyer, Buckle Bloomberg. I four.
0: Okay, so what's keeping Vince McMahon from running? uh he's t he, mitt Lin, romney's a billionaire linda's
1: tried a couple times didn't work uh his wife and he's thought about it trust me vince mcmahon has thought about running for president i think hulk hogan ran for president once um he's not a billionaire but uh, he's thought about it and Stan well, there's Cronky, a lot I think, of these billionaires likes, also some of these guys like their jobs
0: oh, I, think, okay. I think
1: i think i he's, think he's back i think for a long time vince mcmahon just liked being a wrestling guy you know i mean I'll, now now i'm nervous i'm gonna fact check i know it's poppy's positive vince mcmahon's a billionaire like there isn't that many but he is one because yeah they had the battle of the billionaires between him and trump battle of the billionaires between him and um him and what's his name i'm playing the name of stan there's, there's billionaires in this country but here people it says he's
0: the 691st most wealthy person in uh uh in, in did it say america or the world i'll pull it up again Okay,
1: but... My point is, there, I mean, there is other if billionaires. If you're
0: reaching billionaire status and you're 691st, it means there's 690 others. 2.2 2 billion USD. He's worth 2.2 2 billion. Okay. So, I mean, he's a miniature Tom Steyer. Tom Steyer's worth 7 billion. Also,
1: another reason why Vince McMahon has not ran for president. You Like, you think, like... <laughs> Do you think the guy who ruthlessly bought out all of his competition in the '70s, '80s, and '90s in the field of professional wrestling and had a—I uh, don't know—I think the federal government tried to throw him in jail for distributing steroids. Do you uh, think he's got some some skeletons in his closet? He doesn't want brought out in a presidential campaign. So he's, you know, I think that's one of the reasons why this this particular billionaire isn't running for president.
0: Okay. Well, either way, I think I think that it uh, it uh, um. I think it's either going to set a crazy precedent where presidential politics really just does become a celebrity billionaire circus. I'm oh, sorry. Sorry. I want to show while.
1: you a while to your point. I want to show these graphs for a minute. OK, it's people cool. who are more data driven. Just to get an idea of what it looks like when a billionaire shows up and pumps money into his campaign versus how campaigns generally raise money. Check these graphs out. Dude, look at that. That is insane. That is what it looks like when you're a billionaire who just pumps money into your own campaign versus when you're organically fundraising money. See, a lot of guys are kind of like just over time you gain more money because you get you get donations and they organically yeah. increase. Or in the, in the case of Trump, looks like they kind of peaked and plateaued. And you look at Bloomberg and Steyer, and Bloomberg is almost a straight line up, like it's like it's like breaking the graph. And Tom Steyer, like Tom Steyer, would have been ridiculous, but it's like modest compared to Bloomberg's almost straight line directly up into the sky because it's just like. It, Clearly, the way Bloomberg and Steyer are adding money to their campaign, you cannot chart the way you chart the way other campaigns raise money. They're not the same.
0: And and I have to say, this is my last comment, then we can move on to the next subject. But seeing how Michael Bloomberg is skyrocketing in success and how much personality he doesn't have and how just... People are rejecting this, 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 this billionaire takeover of so many aspects of their life. I mean, w- when I see how much money Bloomberg gets, like, even as a total capitalist, it frustrates me. And I think you could do so much good with that wealth that you're not.
1: Well, yeah.
0: And, you know, that as much as I know that capitalism actually just creates a larger pie. So even if you have the same slice of that pie, it grows bigger. Like, it it really does seem unfair and strike a very visceral chord, that difference, that disparity between the middle class, the working class, and the poor in our country and a billionaire like him, so much so that it does create kind of this, and, and at least I'm humble enough to recognize and just understand what's going on in my own psychology, but it does create a resentment. Well, how about this? You dude? know what I'm saying? That That really makes me think, Bernie Sanders is really stupid. Because on the Democratic field, if he would just tone down praising Fidel Castro, you know, if he would just walk back his resounding A-plus rating of the Sandinistas that shot children soldiers, okay, if he could just, you know, bring it back on Che Guevara, who forced mothers to watch eight-year-olds getting executed, okay, up against the wall, uh, like, like if you could just maybe bring back... The communism to just out of the Stalin and Lenin, you know, cleansing realm to maybe just the, you know, just the regular, like, we want free child health care realm. Social dem, he says the social democrat. No, no, he keeps saying, oh, no, no, I'm not a communist. No, no, I, 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 I reject authoritarians, but the authoritarians were great. The the authoritarians were awesome, but I reject their bad things. But they were all good, but I reject their bad... Like, it's at best a confusing message. At worst, a poorly executed attempt of adding nuance to a political conversation. And if he would just really just draw back one... But he can't help himself. He's like Donald Trump. Literally, Bernie Sanders' inability to stop lauding communists who were evil...
1: Well, it's even—it's like, just about, as hard
0: for him as
1: Donald Trump not tweeting for a day. Yeah, well, it's also funny too with that because I guess we're getting a little bit off topic. A bit, he would win like that, that contempt funny, that though, I feel, yeah, that
0: contempt and, and, and that that frustration that even I, as a capitalist, feel about the disparity between the wealthy and the poor in our country. Okay, even you could harness me, your arch nemesis, capitalist could probably be persuaded when I see how much money our billionaire class has if you would just bring it back one step. But you can't. Just like Donald Trump can't give up the Twitter machine for 24 hours, Bernie Sanders can't quit saying that every communist the world has ever met was actually a good guy.
1: Which, by the way, was a really big issue for Jeremy Corbyn in England. It actually did. People did. Now, what Jeremy Corbyn in England is also very much worth noting. He also was very much sympathetic to the the cause of uh, various people in Ireland that was not popular in England. But that doesn't matter. But to me, what I think is interesting is a couple things. One, ah, it's actually kind of pointless, but I, I'm going to talk about it. But two, this is what I don't get, getting to the point, too. If, if Michael Bloomberg wasn't such a dense moron, imagine someone brought this up that so said with the amount of money he spent campaigning in Michigan, he could have, you know, fixed the water supply in Flint seven or eight times over. But even if we rein that back to once, he'd have enough money. Dude, is there a better campaign? Is there a better way to win the votes of Michigan voters than using your billions to address? Like that's what drives me Dude, crazy. Dude, he could have bought Why his own is water processing yeah, plant. What is like, what, what's a better way to win over Min- the win over Michigan? I think it's in Minnesota. What's a better way to win over Michigan voters? To bombard them with meaningless television ads, and have people walk up to their front door and say, "Hey, do you like Michael Bloomberg?" Or to fix one of the biggest problems in the state, like, like why doesn't he just spend a billion dollars renovating part of Detroit? you think that's a better way of getting people to vote for you than, and do that? We a have a similar problem here in Santa Cruz. Ridic- it's just funny to me this idea that Michael Bloomberg's like. The best way for me to win over the people is to bombard them with ads when I could use these 350 million, drop, you know, 85 million in this big issue someone's facing in this community, win them over like that. Boom, done. Like, are they really going to say, oh, well, this Michael Bloomberg guy just came out of nowhere and used his billions to fix our water issue. It's been a big thing for months. But, man, I'm not going to vote for him. Maybe, but I don't think it's, one, it's still a PR win for you moving forward anyway. And, two, it's not like they don't have clean water now. Like You did a good thing. People like you, and maybe we'll run again. It's just, it's funny to me the idea that spending the money on TV ads and staff and to have people claiming that like they have people writing dumb emails and stuff like that's where the money goes instead of just actually look at this, addressing the problem like imagine running as a problem solver saying i literally as a candidate cleaned up the water and no Michigan. no but look like, at this cody cody
0: i'm taking what you're saying to the next level here in uh what's it called uh here in north l.a county okay where we broadcast from uh there was actually a company called uh bromite whitaker that helped manufacture bombs during world war ii okay and at that time they disposed of a product called perchlorate that they didn't realize would be a contaminant of groundwater but it slowly contaminated out into our aquifer and our groundwater supply was contaminated by perchlorate so much so that we get four to six parts per million and you're only supposed to be able to ingest like one or two parts per million so while all the other cities in la county only need two stages of water filtration okay we actually had to add a third stage of water filtration a perchlorate plant that filters out the perchlorate so similar to flint michigan we had heavy metal contaminants inside of our green uh, our groundwater that had to get filtered out and what saved our city's groundwater was the nine million dollar cost that was split between the u.s army corps of engineers and the local city it looks like according to scv history uh, it started in uh april 2002 it looks like they began the project um Nine million dollars is nothing. Oh, yeah. If he went into Flint, Michigan with 60 million, literally, and just dropped 60 million and says, Screw Trump, screw socialism and Sanders, screw the bureaucracy of Michigan. I'm your daddy now, and I'm building. I just bought this land and I bought the rights to the freaking whatever river and I'm I'm building a plant to fix the water myself he would literally become
1: Overnight, feudal warrior well, how king. how about this? A even, caldillo. Well, that's the bad way of looking at it. You know? I, I look at it more in the sense of, yeah, imagine if you're running against, let's say it is Bloomberg and Sanders, right? And Sanders', Sanders message is there shouldn't be billionaires, billionaires are bad. That message would start to fall off if Bloomberg was using his billions only to help people. It's like, yeah, billionaires are so bad, I help this community, I help that community, I help this community. But... He's, as you said before, he's such a—he's so beholden to who he actually is. He's like, no, I'm going to use my money to bully other candidates out of the race. I'm going to buy up campaign staff. I'm going to buy up ad time so they can't run ads on TV. It's like, imagine if he just helped people. Like, wow, what a campaign. I have already addressed multiple problems in this country with my own personal money. Imagine what I could do with the, the funds of a whole nation. I'll fix the country. But no, these people are so selfish and so you know, a prisoner of who they actually are, that yeah. he must use his money the way he always used it before, to bully people out of the way, kind of, not like like subtle bribes, kind of like the, hey, I gave, corruption. I gave you $4 million and you won your election. How about an endorsement? Yeah. Oh, hey, local newspaper next time that you just got an election, infusion
0: of $1 million. Oh, yeah.
1: Well, yeah. Oh, hey, that, yeah, oh, the, the, the mayor of the city that I bailed out with $10 million. Wow, who are you endorsing? It's, it's how he does it, but just... <laughs> If he, if he just helped people, he'd win their votes, and it's hilarious to see. It's I mean, Tom Steyer could do it. Tom Steyer could do it right now. He's a big environmental guy. Mm-hmm. I, I get he's less rich, and it's hard to make you know all of it liquid. And I get that the money probably is more. That there's there's probably some barriers, but you get my point. The idea of instead of using your money to Prove you are willing to solve these problems, even if you have to put your money where your mouth is, so to speak, I feel like that would go miles in an election where everyone else is basically doing nothing. Like, no one's doing anything else, and there's no other, I don't want to say gimmick, but dramatic things. Bernie's promising what he's basically almost promised. That's always that's kind of the same. Uh, everyone else is just kind of complaining. I mean, it, it, it's I mean, we went way off topic here, but still, I just think it's a legitimate in. Uh, anyway, though.
0: Yeah. Moving. So we got to move on and talk about the post-apocalyptic. Well. Uh, super. Um, Twenty-eight days later. <laughs> there are no more humans left on Earth. Uh, Amazon cashierless supermarkets.
1: Well, okay, so these (laughs) some of you guys that live in, I believe it's Chicago, Seattle, San Francisco, and one other city, you might have been inside one of these, I think they're called Amazon Go. So they're basically, they're kind of like a 7-Eleven, the ones that exist before this. So like 7-Elevens, but you scan your your Amazon app, you just walk in, grab stuff, leave, and they bill you later. It's kind of a neat idea. Uh, However, they're now moving to their first actual grocery store. Now, this is we'll go through it this is what's creeping me out and this is why i don't like to think because we, we talked about obviously andrew Yang had been sounding the alarms for automation and if you live in the world you're seeing it around you but this really stuck out to me is the only really kind of interesting thing for it because i'll pull up and show you guys a video in a second of what the regular uh amazon go groceries or the amazon go stores have looked like they are really small they're basically little kiosks and you walk in you walk out they're i want to say maybe the size i mean the generally speaking, smaller than your average um your average think of the name your average seven eleven they're pretty small little instances. but we're now seeing the newest one is very uh here we go. can I get a yeah, here's a video of one. I'll put it on screen for you. Sorry, it's a little bit small, but we're on the Amazon website. Well, there's people inside. Um, I'm glad
0: they added people. yeah, exactly. you know well, this, I, I'm glad that automation the, uh, argument that we have a a Robocop future with no humanity. Kind of uh, some director just
1: said, hey, you know, let's add people. Yeah. You know, <laughs> they finally hired a PR guy that said, let's add people. Oh, this is actually looks like a, one of the larger ones. But th- again, these things were just for a year, a few years now. This video, I want to say, goes back a while. But the newest one they have rolled out in Washington is something, or I believe in Seattle, is something else, man. I have not seen But how do they know anything. that you bought it?
0: Do they request that you just scan it on no, your it, iPhone? No, what or it what? does
1: is it, it they have, um they'll explain it in the article. Let me pull it up. The way I understand it is they basically know what you've grabbed. It's similar ish, I believe, to um, mini bars, hotel bars. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Where they kind of like know that something was taken and they just charge you because they have your card. Yeah. But how There's also, 10
0: people in the store. How do they know which one took well, the whatever?
1: I'm sure, was, I'm sure they have problems with that. But they, they go through it. But again. It's really fascinating to me the way they've done this because they mentioned they have one or two people on staff at all times that are stocking, but they're also doing things like bringing in fresh produce, but they also have, you notice, know, like fresh donuts from local bakeries. They'll have someone there checking IDs because they do sell booze, but the scale of this is what creeps me out, man. It is gigantic. It's like a grocery store. But, but w- I think like this what, is what is I the was future, saying, and the
0: only reason why I embrace this is because ultimately I kind of think that, one of the biggest problems of anything whether it's filmmaking or whether it's retail is the actual act of distribution the only reason why a baker has to be absolutely married to his store is because he has to be there when the customers able to come in but imagine if you were a baker who said you know instead of having my store where i got to work at it from 4am all the way until 9pm and it becomes this family job that you know i end up having my kids coming and working after school and all sort of stuff imagine if i could just show up bake my 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 world famous awesome croissants and and, and whatever and then just dump them off at the Amazon store and then go have fun with my kids while they worry about distribution and well, I still sell the same amount of croissants
1: as well and also this is to be something else I want to bring up and this is also kind of the you kind of put it to it as well Well, now
0: the robots are working yeah. for us instead of against us
1: well also to this that they mention here at the bottom it's a little picture caption but they do mention it that there'll be other there'll be greeters and other employees at the at the store just not cashiers they mention up here a little bit higher in the article like obviously they're going to have somebody checking IDs so when you're buying alcohol before you walk out excuse me kind to see your id if you're walking out with alcohol but one other thing is i've talked about this a little bit with like i feel like the way automation is going to change restaurants is in 25 years you'll know it's a fancy restaurant because they have real life waiters you know what i mean like oh i have a human waiter i think we're going to start getting to the point where it could be freeing up amazon has the money to, but yeah you could hire staff whose only job is there just to make sure things are orderly intended to and people are finding what they need to find and you don't have people doing 40 jobs at once there is no cashier there is no bagger i don't think i'm pretty sure it's just you buy what you need and you leave people, everyone there is stalking or more i guess what i'm trying to get to is the more human interactive you'll have like customer service at a grocery store all of a sudden because the people are kind of remotely dropping off the stuff you don't have to have all hands on deck we're running a whole grocery store here You're mostly just monitoring the... Like, you automate away all the difficult stuff, and the human beings are just kind of handling the human interaction process. There is a future here where it's not the end of the days. To me, it's big, and I really hope they staff it properly. If this is something that has three people staffed there, that would creep me out just walking around. Like, imagine you show up to a grocery store, and you're by yourself, and it's this just giant, empty corridor. But if it is something where they still have seven, eight people on staff, it's just... It's easier to get in and out because you just walk in and out you don't actually have to physically you know check everything in bag everything in I think that's a really cool future again it doesn't as far as I know you can't pay cash for this which is yeah. weird to me the, the, the we don't take cash here that is weird and that's that that's what concerns me probably the most is the fact of like I hope we don't move away from cash as currents because they literally won't take it right they'll just okay. but also what do they do if you walk out and you're just overdrawn in your account? What do they do? They, they don't
0: get, care because that's a bank problem. They already sold their goods and they got the money from that bank. And now the bank gets to they, leverage the person then with the overdraft fees because we've gone from having the sweet 16 big banks where there was lots of competition to post-2008 with governmental intervention because governmental intervention is always good. Okay, but didn't
1: the banks also Now we only themselves? have the final
0: four. We've gone from the sweet 16 to the final four.
1: But didn't those banks also... And they all part.
0: agree with each other. Hey, we need to charge at least fifty bucks for an overdraft fee. And if you don't go lower than fifty, I won't go lower than fifty, and you won't go lower than fifty. And we all make a bunch of money. You know what I'm saying? That's why. So any of you boneheads that vote for Bernie Sanders that think a government program can make anything better, go look at your bank account. Last time you accidentally overdrafted, and you'll see just exactly how effective uh, uh, governmental intervention. But didn't is. those banks run themselves out of business? Well, uh, yes and no. So,
1: okay. So the government played some part, but not at all. Like, the banks... No, these, the government bailed them out. And okay, they all but, went home but, and they all had their golden but parachutes. I'm just saying, these poor, innocent banks were just helplessly walking around the street one day when the economy fell on top of them. Like, no, they but played the some role in this.
0: The government said that our intervention will save the economy and will create a better banking environment, when it didn't. It just empowered... The banks that okay. survived, hey, sounds like, and they gave golden parachutes to the yeah, guys exactly, that had caused the problem in the first place.
1: Sounds like those banks shouldn't have ran themselves out of business, then, right? Sounds like maybe they shouldn't have operated. What are you talking improperly. about? No, J. P. Morgan Chase loved
0: the 2008 crisis because it got to acquire seven of the failed banks. Listen, the seven that
1: failed by being ran improperly maybe should have done things better to avoid but that. They, like they
0: didn't fail. They all got three hundred million dollar golden parachutes. Like failure implies that you didn't make money and it ruined you. No. So, and there's not a single banking. Didn't they have executive. to
1: close because the banks no longer had like any trust anymore? So they had to close the banks down. Um, I mean, how much money would you give to the, the Fannie Mae? How much money would you give to them today? Okay, the the, the or truth Fannie is, Mac? what was that? I don't even remember anymore. The,
0: the truth is, the nuance nuance of the conversation involved in analyzing the banking crisis of two thousand eight really could take its own episode, so We probably shouldn't. I'm even just dive saying into there it.
1: was multiple people involved. It wasn't like somebody yeah. showed up with the economy gun and shot them in the in the back. It's like these everyone okay. played a role.
0: Yeah. I'm curious how the Google algorithms are going to analyze the world. They showed up with the economy gun. <laughs> that's funny. I've never heard that one before. There's probably some, you know, bit of code in there. It's like, how do we handle this comment? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Anyway, um, what else are we got to talk about? Is that it? So,
1: this might be
0: the beginning of the apocalypse. Well, just it's- with.
1: Amazon is definitely moving forward with this concept of, an... I guess what a larger one I'm talking about. It freaks me out the size and dude. If you the give the me UBI things, in
0: a store like that, I'm a happy citizen.
1: Well, th- to me, we've got
0: the store now. We just need the UBI, baby. The
1: the pushback against. A UBI really and the pushback against automation and jobs is some jobs will be automated, but the idea of jobs won't. And yes, I looking at the store, I could see how the first thing that came to my mind is I would just want other staff around the store to help me out and make me feel more comfortable. Because you know, I'm I'm you know, pretty young, I don't have to worry about it. But what happens to like an older person there is just slips, falls, hurts themselves, and there's no staff around, right? That was the kind of stuff that was jumping out of me, like. Uh, But if that's just the future of employment for these kind of jobs, like when you work at a grocery store now, you're not a cashier. You're just basically customer service. You just kind of walk around and ask people how they're doing and stuff. That also isn't the worst world to live in either, right? Again, though, if you take 40 jobs and turn them into five, that's bad. But if you take 40 jobs and turn them into 35 different jobs, it's not great, but it's also not the end of the world, right? I don't know. I think that that, that's just kind of one thing I took from this was uh, how immediately it jumped off the page at me looking at this. I'm with Elon Musk on How much removing on this. humans. But just, it feels like, oh, a grocery store with no humans. That would be nice. But when you look at it, it's like, that would be eerie, creepy, and probably not safe. So, like, it's, I think we take for granted how much, how nice it is when we go into places, having a few employees there that are just other human beings that are around to do things. You know what I mean? I, I think that's underrated a little bit, and yeah. and the phasing out because you technically could have a McDonald's where there's two chefs in the back who never interact with anyone, right? Yeah. But then you also just also you have a public area that's just a, a madhouse. Like who enforces anything? There's no one. It just I don't know. That's that's going to so maybe up our
0: public areas would be better maintained because we had a would have more volunteers and people interested in the social fabric that the park actually creates. So that's that's the beauty of UBI. Anyway, let us know what you guys think. Please comment below. If you haven't had a chance to like this video, make sure you like the video. Follow us on Twitter at PSPRadio1. And if you can, please join the channel. Consider joining, it's really really inexpensive way to make sure that we keep bringing these videos without any corporate sponsorships. This is Problem Solver Politics. We'll see you guys in the next video.